You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. In this episode called When Jesus Returns, Will We Be Standing? The talk shows us how signs in the world around us indicate that the return of Jesus will soon be. We are encouraged to make sure that we do not fall, but rather remain standing as the return of Jesus gets ever nearer. This episode was presented to the Trinidad and Tobago Ecclesia and was presented by Brother Ian Neblett. Hope you enjoy. God bless. Hopefully your Bibles are open already to Luke 21. We can begin to establish the foundation of our, of our thoughts tonight. Here in Luke 21, it, it was the content of verses 10 and 11 that caught my attention because of the relevance of it uh, in, in, our, in our times. It says there, verses 10 and 11, Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in divers places and famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. Now let's imagine that we've created a checklist with the items mentioned here in verses 10 and 12. We have number one, nations and kingdoms at war with one another. We know this is happening. We can go online or watch the news on TV. There is fighting all over the world. And if the two nations aren't fighting yet, they are accumulating weapons of mass destruction in preparation to fight. North Korea versus South Korea, China versus Taiwan, Israel versus Iran, Israel versus Hezbollah in Lebanon. We have Russia overpowering their neighbors, and the list goes on and on. So I think we can agree an imaginary check mark beside this one. The next one says earthquakes in divers places. Earthquakes in diverse places. Brothers and sisters, Guyana is not immune to earthquakes, but I'm sure you knew that already. The last one was recorded on January 31st of this year. I did my research and found out that we've had quite a few earthquakes in Guyana, albeit of low magnitude. So we can conclude that there's, there's not much action here with regards to significant damage and we thank our Heavenly Father for that. But the verse does say in diverse places, which means in various places. There have been 13,589 earthquakes this year with a magnitude of 4.0 or higher, with a total of 2,439 deaths. So I think we can put our imaginary check mark beside this one as well. 
Number three on our list is famine. A recent analysis conducted by the United Nations reveals that 41 million people in 43 countries are on the edge of full-blown famine. That's catastrophic, brothers and sisters. There are already a little more than half a million people suffering from famine today. So once again, we can put our check mark beside this one. The next item on the list has significant relevance for us today, and that's pestilence. We are in the middle of a pandemic or perhaps approaching the end of it, who knows? What we do know is someone who has died from the coronavirus. Everyone knows someone who has died from the coronavirus. In fact, to date, there have been more than 4.91 million people worldwide that have died from the virus. And Diana has contributed 877 to that number with total cases amounting to 34,608 in Guyana. And scientists have said there's more viruses to come. So we can put a check mark beside this one as well. The last item on our list says fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. This one is a little bit trickier to spot with the common eye. Those who are spiritually discerned and understand the plan and purpose of God can see these fearful sights and signs. Notice them. These refer to the prophecies that are continually being fulfilled right before our eyes. Is God's invisible hand directing traffic in the affairs of the governments of mankind to prepare the day for his son's return? Now, our class tonight isn't about past, present, or future prophecy, so I won't get into any detail about this one. But I will put our imaginary check mark beside it because we know that it's happening. Now, the context to these verses is important. Verse 5 tells us that some of the disciples were admiring the majestic stones um, that went into building the temple and the gifts that, that adorn the same. So you can imagine with, with the Son of God by their side and the beauty of the temple of God always in view, they must have had a, a feeling of happiness, stability, and comfort. Perhaps they, they thought for sure that the kingdom of God must appear very soon. Jesus pretty much says, not so fast in verse 6. He tells them that the same temple that they love to admire, the desire of their eyes, if I, if I could use that expression from Ezekiel 24 and verse 21, will be destroyed. Now, because of the history of the nation, they would have assumed how this was, was going to come about. Destruction was going to come from an enemy, something like the Babylonian invasion. Upon hearing that, they, they asked Jesus when the invasion was going to happen. In the parallel account in Matthew 24, verse 3, they also asked, 
when he would come and save them from that pending disaster. Their questions were very relevant. We would have asked the same thing. The question of when these things were going to happen was important because they wanted to know if it was going to happen in their lifetime. And the inquiry of Jesus' return would have been crucial as well because if they did have to suffer, they wanted to know if Jesus was going to appear to save them. In verse 8, Jesus warns them to watch out for fake saviors and their deceptive messages of salvation. Again, this is very relevant for us today because those who are not aware of God's plan offer up all kinds of solutions to save the world, all kinds of theories. There are even some that have given up on the world and have assumed everyone on earth will be wiped out. So they have underground bunker homes filled with, with all the creature comforts they have in their regular homes above ground. There's also another group has given up on their future on earth and have dedicated their financial and mental resources on space exploration as we've been seeing in the news as of late. All this time and billions of dollars looking for that other livable planet so that they could leave us here, the ones who are supposedly doomed for destruction. They have beset us round with dismal stories. The conspiracy theories and stories will continue to accumulate. But we know 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 provides us a very useful warning and instruction. The verse tells us not to believe every spirit, but test them to see if they are truly speaking the word of God. And we test them by looking and examining our Bibles for answers. And when we read scripture, we know that God has a magnificent plan for this earth. Now back to our chapter of focus, right after the verses that we started with this evening, notice that Jesus addressed their main concern they had about their own personal suffering. Verse 12 says, but before all these, Jesus meant before everything he'd mentioned from verses 6 to 11, they will lay hands on you, persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons and being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Matthew 24, verse 9 adds the bone chilling fact that they would be killed as well. That hatred towards them, which would lead to their death, was not only going to come from the enemies of the gospel, mentioned in verse 17, but betrayal also was going to come from their own families, from their own close relatives, according to verse 16. Therefore, there were going to be sellouts among them, 
from their own households. Now, is that relevant for us today? If you've preached the word of God and have been rejected, then you've probably been hated. If you have walked honestly toward them that are without, then you've probably been hated. Personally, I haven't suffered any bodily harm because of the gospel. I haven't been kicked, punched, stoned, shot at, physically thrown down. But it has happened in our brotherhood. Just recently, our, our, our brethren in Afghanistan lost their lives for the gospel. Perhaps their close relatives were the ones who betrayed them and gave direction to the Taliban as to where they lived. Or perhaps it was their conduct in the gospel of Christ, as Philippians 1.28 exhorts, that easily identified them as they stood fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. The point here is, is we don't know if those extreme types of persecution will come our way in the future. But it is within the realm of possibility, brothers and sisters, especially as we become bolder and braver with the word of God and sharing it. Now, focusing again on the apostles of our Lord in this chapter of focus, can you imagine the feeling of despair at this point? Faces would have been looking down, looking at each other in bewilderment. Apostles would have been scared and worried and probably second-guessing their commitment to take up their cross and follow Christ back in Luke chapter 9. With those feelings in mind, you can imagine how shocking and how alarming, how surprised they were to hear the words of verse 13. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. I'm sure you notice that in other, in other versions of the Bible, they use the word opportunity. In summary, they say it shall be an opportunity for them to testify about Jesus Christ. And that would have been a mind-blowing message for them. The word opportunity meant the same back then as it, as it does now. We consider an opportunity to be something good, to look forward to it, a chance to benefit from something. But this was something completely different. Hatred, imprisonment, and murder were on the horizon for these men. And they were supposed to see it. They were supposed to consider it as an opportunity to testify. They were truly going to come after their Lord, deny themselves, and take up the cross daily until it was their day. 
Now, the title of our class tonight is, Will We Be Standing? The question begins right here. Can you imagine the weight of the cross at this point for the followers of Christ after hearing everything that they heard? In this non-threatening environment that, that we are living in, we haven't begun to really feel that weight. But that may change at any time. Will we fall under that weight? Or will we be able to stand? Our Heavenly Father and His Son wants us to stand. And they've expressed that quite clearly in the Word. Verses 14 and 15. Fill it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. This first coincides with the passages about the comforter in, in John chapter 14. Let's turn there quickly, John chapter 14, so that we, could, we can capture the complete message of support that's being offered here. John chapter 14. Verse 18 of John chapter 14 says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Verse 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we have here peace and comfort mentioned here, in the face of trial and tribulation. Was that only offered to the apostles of that time? Of course not. It has been offered to us as well. But through what means? How are we to receive it? It says it right here in verses 16 and 17. The comforter, the spirit of truth. And we know that to be the Holy Spirit. The apostles were going to be blessed with the Holy Spirit gifts. One of those gifts would give them quick understanding and knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. In the same way it was given to our Lord Jesus Christ. We see that in verse 26. The Holy Spirit, which is the power of God, would teach them the, the totality of this book that we now have, which they didn't. The totality of this book, so that they can remember at those critical moments that we read about in Luke 21. In the face of persecution, they, they weren't going to fight back with weapons. They were going to slay the wicked with the rod of their mouths and the breath of their lips. In the same way our Lord Jesus Christ did prophesied in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 4. That rod and breath represents the word of God and the force behind it. It's the same word of God that we now have in our hands. Not written by the will of man, but holy men 
of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, says 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. This is the gift that has been given to us, which provides our peace and comfort. Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4, say that will keep him in perfect peace, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So then we, we derive our peace and strength from the daily readings, our, our meditations on the word, and the application of the spirit of truth in our daily lives. Let's turn back to Luke 21. Let's turn back. To Luke 21. Now notice what it says here in verse 18. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. For the common person, this, this would be like throwing them a curveball. They would be confused about this one. But there's no confusion for the spiritually discerned. Remember in Matthew 24, verse 9, it says that they would be killed. Indeed, the apostles were killed. Our brethren in Afghanistan were recently killed. But the key here is their minds were stayed upon the Lord. They trusted in the Lord. And they knew the word of God. They weren't afraid of those who killed the body, according to Matthew 10, verse 28, because they knew it was only going to be a temporary rest. They knew that the breath of life, which was taken away, would be restored again at the resurrection so that they can once again become a living soul, mortal and incorruptible, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so for that reason, in the eyes of God, believers don't perish like unbelievers. And we know that already. In fact, God doesn't want the unbelievers to perish. And so he invited them to change their status with him. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 tells us that. It's like God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, whenever I, I, I read a chapter, I try to find that, that key verse that brings all the ideas pr presented in, in the chapter together. Others will read the same chapter, and, and for them, it will be another verse, and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone thinks differently. But in my opinion, we, we've arrived at the key verse of our Bible class tonight. Verse 19. In your patience, possess ye your souls. In your patience, possess ye your souls. What powerful words, brothers and sisters. 
imagine the conversations to be had with our children by, by starting with a verse like this one, especially in the time that we're living in. It would be very suitable while we sit in our houses, while we walk by the way, when we lie down and rise up. This verse is key for our title tonight, Will We Be Standing? We stand in our patience. What does that mean? What does that mean? With the daily digestion of the spirit word of God filling our hearts and minds, we endure and show constancy. It's the word of God and, and the application thereof that builds the constancy. It's about the faithfulness and, and persistence in the face of persecution. That idea appeared in our hymn that we sang, hymn 348, one of my favorites. He who would valiant be against all disaster, let him in constancy follow the master. Let's look how this idea is beautifully expressed in other passages. The first one we're going to take a look at is Romans chapter 5. Let's turn there. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We're starting at, um, we're starting at verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. <laughs> the connections to Luke chapter 21 are undeniable. It was a powerful exhortation for the believers in that time. It was a powerful exhortation for our fallen brethren in Afghanistan, and it's a powerful one for us as well. The access we have to our Heavenly Father through his Son, allows us to stand. We are in fellowship with the Father and the Son. Just think about the benefits of that. We have knowledge of our hope, and therefore we rejoice in it. So when those tribulations come, we confront them with patience. We endure it. Constancy through trials, establishes and proves our characters for God. That's what we gain by experience. After each trial, we stand stronger and stronger. We stand firmer and firmer because of the sure hope we have. We know that we have a better future ahead. We are not going to be wiped out. display of confidence in the face of trials relates to the last part of that key verse in Luke 21. Possess ye your souls. That's a command. 
it's not the present life we are we are being told to possess and, and grasp a hold of. Mark 8, verse 36 says, For what will it profit a man if he if he gain if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? The answer to that question is nothing. We gain nothing. And that emptiness will lead to our destruction. Our instruction of, of, of possessing our souls is mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, which says, We fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Let's take a look at James chapter 1 in reference to the subject in our key verse. Turn to James chapter 1. We know this passage very well. James chapter 1. Remember our key verse says, In your patience, possess ye your souls. Look what it says, starting at verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Again, we are reminded that of that word patience, which, which means endurance, perseverance, and constancy. But let patience have her perfect work that, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. You know, Thayer's Greek lexicon adds this note about the word patience. It's the characteristic of a person who is unswerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. The patience of Job comes to mind. And of course, our Lord Jesus Christ, as we were reminded from last week's class. What about the hymn that we sang? There's no discouragement shall make him once relent his first avowed intent to be a pilgrim. Well, then, brothers and sisters, it's, it's when our faith is tested we are able to, to work on, even work out, and perfect our, our perseverance and steadfastness. Like a distance runner training for longer and, and longer distances. Every time we train, we go further and further. Our endurance gets better and better. Our muscles adapt more and more to longer distances the rigor of life. Job chapter 23, verse 10 says, yet he knows the way I have taken. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. What a beautiful, purifying process that is being described there. Those are the benefits of our times of trying or testing, as it means. We are building our characters to perfection. 
thereby possessing our souls. There can be no greater joy than knowing that it is our eternal lives that are being possessed, pursued, and preserved. And for an added bodice, we're, we're not in the battle alone. We have each other. We can strengthen each other. We can exhort one another to continue in the faith, as mentioned in Acts 14, verse 22. Because we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Let's go back to Luke 21. Let's go back to Luke 21 and see how the godless, the godless, will react to the trials and tribulations that are filling the earth. Verse 26 says, Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. See the difference? You see the difference. They have confounded themselves with dismal stories. We who know the plan and purpose of God see things differently. We have put, we have built our house upon the rock, not on the sand. We understand what's happening. Happening. We are spiritually discerned. But, but others will see these commotions, the rain, the floods, and the winds, and they will look to the left and look to the right and look down in hopelessness. While the world is in despair, having their houses built upon the sand or even underground in those bunkers, we are looking up, verse 28 says because that's our source of strength. Strengthen the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Isaiah 35 verse three says, we lift up our heads because we know our redemption draws nigh. You know, brothers and sisters, when I heard about the Afghanistan brethren who were killed for the gospel, I, I couldn't help but to think about Stephen. Like Stephen, I'm sure they stood their ground. They were always ready to give a defense to everyone who asked for the reason of their hope. Stephen gave his defense standing for the truth. He was surrounded by a mob. So he knew what was going to happen. The same persecution that we're reading about here in this chapter. Acts chapter 7 verse 55 tells us where he derived his strength from. He looked up steadfastly into heaven because he knew his redemption drew nigh, albeit in rest. They stoned him. And as he took those blows to the head, he went down on his knees, brothers and sisters. Those moments must have been heart-wrenching for our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, he was sitting at the right hand of the Father, 
But Acts chapter 7, 55 and 56 tells us that Jesus stood for him. Jesus anticipated it. He was standing even before he took the first blow because he knew what was going to happen. And I'm sure the Lord did the same with all our brethren who have been beaten down and killed in the past. He stood up for them. He will also do the same for us if the situation arises. Will we be standing, brothers and sisters? Verse 36 here in, in Luke chapter 21. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. In our patience, brethren, we must possess our souls. We must stay vigilant for the word of God. Be ready, prudent, and alert. We are living in the perilous times spoken about in 2 Timothy chapter 3. So we must be attentive to things happening around us around our families, in our ecclesias, our brothers and sisters. And to stand, to stand means to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It's the opposite that we're trying to avoid. Complacency, spiritual drowsiness, bewilderment, listlessness, sleep, the slumber, and the folding of the arms to rest. In conclusion then, stand therefore, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. 
So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at btf at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.